That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. Good afternoon, y'all. Today, I had the opportunity to chat it up with my friend, Drew Natividad. Drew <clears throat> is an old friend of mine um, from California. We chat about vintage clothing, weather, uh, and living in different spots and, and what we've experienced th through life. So uh, please welcome Drew Natividad. Excuse me. So what's up? I, I thought you were going to the go uh, clean your clothes. I was, but I just decided to sit down and do this with you. Um, I can just do this tonight. Oh, if you have headphones, you can go do what you need to do. You're welcome to go drive or whatever. No, no, no. It's cool. I need it. I would rather stay connected to a charger, too, just to make sure we last. And then uh, my AirPods are a little weird, to be honest. I can't really talk with them. Ah, uh, that's because you got them jank ones, huh? That's why. <laughs> it's because you got them for free, huh? So they were already broken. Oh, or man, you already recorded, bro. Come on. How you going to put me on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all right. You got, you got AirPods at least. I got janky iPhone or uh, Amazon headphones. Chinese. Bro, my word gift. My word gift. Oh, shoot. A gift. That's right. So, so. So somebody gifted you broken AirPods. Is that what you're telling me? They're not broken. I just, I can't talk with them. But yeah, somebody gifted them to me, the gods. It sounds pretty broken to me. <laughs> so how are you, man? What are you, what are you been up to today? Nothing, man. Just, I just put up, put together a little package for the business and then had to ship that out. I went on like a, scavenger hunt for boxes this morning like everybody and their moms is just sold out of boxes so really just regular boxes like x like i needed some extra large boxes not like a smaller size i needed like a good size one for this for this order where did you check uh i went to target first i went to another target and then i went to walmart finally and walmart came through in the clutch oh they had some yeah Dude, I went to Walmart because I needed some boxes because I got some stuff from a, a uh, an estate sale, some, like, vintage stuff. Wait, hold up. What's, what kind of is your stuff, bro? Nah, like, a, like a, no clothes, but, like, a, a old Polaroid camera. Like this Oh, camera I saw like, that. I saw that. Are you going to try to fix it and flip it? I think it works. So I'm going to place an order on Amazon because I got to get the film for it. Uh, so get the film for it, and then... Uh, and then test it out, but I'm pretty sure it works. I mean, everything seems in good condition. That even the flash works. Really? Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. the The camera's super old school, and uh, bro, the 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 wave right now, the hype on just like nostalgic, like vintage cameras is crazy. Everybody, everybody wants one. Yeah, I bought it for I bought it for ten bucks, and I I, I was seeing it on eBay for one fifty. So. Okay. Okay. Do you so look like, at just like, do you look at just the listing price or like what they sold for? 
what they sold for. So I, I, you know how you can filter it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just that's what I was asking because I was gonna see if you were only looking at listing prices or if you're looking at sold as well because a lot of people get that misperception of like listing prices for what they actually sell for. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta order that film. See if I could, if I test it out. See if I could sell it. Um, because honestly, I have no use for it. I thought you were just trying to do it, just a new hobby or something, a photography or something, since you're out in the middle of nowhere. Hey, that's true, but there's not much to take pictures of out here. I mean, there's some cows in the pasture. Hey, man, you you get the right angle, you get some good shots. <laughs> you can get good shots of everything, but that wouldn't no, be no. Literally, would... literally, people use photography just their phones, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts because the iPhone cameras are as good as you know, like a, a digital as camera it, that you buy. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure, for sure. The the evolution of technology. Big time. Big time. How you been, bro? I've been good, man. Just got to do this. Uh, let's see. I've been consistently going on uh, jogs and, and staying active with Zeke. Oh, yeah. I seen you've, I, I seen you've been doing your white girl stuff. No, but it, it's nice. It, it's good because he helps keep me um, consistent, you know? Yeah. Because he gets he gets real anxious sitting in the trailer. And so to get his. Can energy. you like, I'm pretty sure it's probably a dumb question, but you can probably like feel his vibe is like, okay, like, let's go. I'm ready type stuff. Right. Oh, dude. Right. When he. Right when he gets up in the morning, usually he stays asleep till I would say like uh, eight thirty, mm-hmm. and then uh, he gets up and I hear him stretch and then I hear him do his little groan like the uh, as he's stretching, <laughs> like a fucking normal human being type, like shit. a normal human being. That's wild. Yeah, and then he looks at me and then that's it. It's go time. Once he looks at me and I'm like. Chill out, dude. We're not going out yet. Yeah, bro. It's probably like just his routine, right? Just, oh, he's always sure. ready to just go outside. He wakes up with that excitement of like ready to go outside. Yeah, and a big thing too was um, in Texas. There, he's 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 up. I mean, I let I let him outside to uh, just sit outside in the sun. But in Texas, um, that we had our routine. He would get up in the morning, let me know he's awake. And then it was, it became very, uh, I became like, I took it for granted because it was so easy in Texas. Just get up, go let him out to play with uh, Rambi and then just go back to whatever I'm doing, you know, because him and Rambi had that, you had that, you had that land. Exactly. Him and Rambi had six acres to just go run around on. So I never had to worry about them, you know? Right. And so now I have to actually worry about, God damn, I got to take him out. I got to take him out to pee. I got to take him out to poop. I got to take him out to go exercise. I'm like, God damn, go take care of yourself, guy. You know? Dude, literally. It's like your own kid. It's like my own kid for sure. Bro, um, not only are you adapting, but he's adapting. Oh, yeah, he's adapting for sure. And he's he's definitely understanding that, like, uh, he's beginning to understand that, like, We'll go out, like just chill a little bit, hang out, and and we'll get out there, you know. So he's he's uh 
from when we first moved here to now, he's much more um, like relaxed and he's more patient, uh, which is super cool. Those first couple of days must have been like weird for him, bro. Just because like he, mm-hmm. he wants to get he wants to get like adapted like right away, and you're like, yo, chill. Yeah, you know for sure. Mean? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's all it was all new to him, so like he was nervous and it's kind of sad, but but he's he's definitely gotten more comfortable. Like like right now, I just have him tied up to my cooler outside. Oh, okay. Like you can um, see him. Yeah, yeah. He's he's laying on a blanket that I have out there. <laughs> yeah he's hanging out because it's it's uh he enjoys it it's the, the sun it's pretty cold today but the sun i was about up. to say is again is again pretty cold yeah right now i think right now the high is like 51 or something Sheesh, and then man, last... I, I remember when i was in indiana we used to we used to hear 50s or 60s we used to be like oh that's like summer for us that's crazy. Yeah, bro. 50s and 60s when I was in college, bro, was like summer days. So what was the coldest you ever experienced in Indiana? Ooh, the coldest day ever? It was probably my senior year, bro. It was it was a state of emergency the day prior because they knew it was going to get cold. The they, wait, actual, they, put a, they put a state of emergency in? Yeah, bro. It was it was nuts that, that day. How cold did was, you say? It, so the regular, the regular temperature, I shit you not, bro, was like negative 20, 25. And then there was a wind chill and that made it to like negative 40 to 50. Holy shit. And you want to hear the crazier part? Please. Coach still put on practice, man. <laughs> what? And what'd you have? Three windbreakers on? Sweat? No, no, no. Practice was indoors, but like. They they drama. were saying oh your drama bro nah just to step <laughs> out in that cold I don't care what you say bro being from Southern California to get to that cold just be, living out there in general as 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 a as a native of Indiana for those people out there bro just stepping out into that cold bro yeah that's different yeah I bet super different and it was like practice okay granted practice was indoors. But it wasn't like fucking – it wasn't like we had heaters, bro. It was in this – what they call them out there are field houses. So, basically, it's just like a, a giant uh, – I don't know how to explain it, Like a giant barn, basically. And it just has like this 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 flooring of being able to practice indoors for like basketball, for volleyball, for uh, pretty much anything, bro. It's like an indoor track. Yeah. But there's no like heat heater in it. It's just closed doors and that's it. Uh-huh. So – it was still like it was warmer than outside but it was still cold in there you know what i mean yeah but yeah bro that that day i remember that day vividly that's crazy that the guy here the guy here who like uh is basically like the manager here Mm -hmm. he um was telling me that last year got down to negative 20 yeah bro honestly anything under neg and under zero is just wild in my opinion Dude, I, I don't think I've ever experienced. I think the lowest I've ever experienced was like twelve degrees, in Texas. Um, no, in Colorado when I came backpacking. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that was not cool. Trying to sleep in a hammock when it's like, it was probably like twenty degrees, and we were trying to sleep in our hammocks. It was not cool. <laughs> Did you end up going inside the car? Or what? Yeah, yeah. We had to get up at like three a.m., two a.m., and we're like, nah, bro, because not cool. You're talking about hypothermia at that point. 
Yeah, man. And we didn't have uh, like our sleeping pads, sleeping pads inside our hammocks. So there's no insulation. It's just cold air running across the bottom of the hammock. And oh, uh, that's the yeah, worst. Bro. And you're talking about too, like, I mean, granted, it's cold for everybody, but bro, like when it gets to like negatives and stuff and even below 10 degrees, you're talking about like the homeless people out there in society that in that community, bro. Like you got people, bro you got people dying overnight did you ever hear about anything wait how, in indiana what you were in huntington right yeah it was a small town called huntington indiana how close were you to like uh i don't know what's the biggest city close to you the biggest city near me was called fort wayne indiana fort um, wayne fort wayne yeah it's it's common to travelers who have traveled a lot and have been to indiana but like, the biggest city out there is Indianapolis. I was probably two hours from there. Oh, so you weren't too far. No, not really. I mean, I had a city quite close by to the town that I was in. But, I mean, if I really wanted to go to the city, like Indianapolis, then you're talking, like, two hours. And then I was, like, three hours from Chicago. Oh, okay. So like, downtown Chicago. So were there any, like crazy stories about going into state of emergency that you heard about like anything in the bigger cities that happened or no i mean the only state of emergency i really dealt with was when it was cold that day and the only real deaths that happened were overnight bro like people literally froze to death especially the homeless people out there really and you heard about it yeah bro like they talked about it on the news and stuff it wasn't like we were watching the news every day but when you have a state of emergency like that and then Bro, like, you're talking about college kids that aren't from there. Some of them are from Indiana, but some are, like, myself in California and then other states, too, where it might not get that cold. And, like, this shit is, like, not scary, but, like, you're you're aware. You know you're alert. Yeah. So they're, like, talking about – I mean, you know the media, but at the same time, they're talking, like, stay inside. It won't be safe to go outside for long periods of time. Try not to go outside whatsoever. Wow, but, that's nuts. Yeah. And just, like, overnight, bro, like, people who can't find housing, I mean, there's no other choices but to sleep on the floor. But, bro, like, you feel for them, but it's like, fuck. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It was it was, it was was a crazy 24 to maybe 48 hours. Oh, okay. So it didn't last for, like, a week. No, no. It was literally, like, a one-day just crazy drop of temperature. Yeah. And then, like, the next day, it, it went back up to, like, 10 degrees oh okay it warmed up (laughs) yeah it's crazy to say it warmed up to 10 degrees but that's crazy that it dropped down that low and like i don't know like a 30 degree like let's say it did go to 10 and it was negative 20 or whatever that's a 30 degree difference in a day that's pretty nuts when it comes to like the high you know no for sure for sure but yeah that was one of the wilder times for sure it snowed a lot I got a good amount of snow experience out there too. So did you? So you you knew it was going to be cold, but did you go there prepared, or did you have to like buy jackets there and stuff? No, I definitely had to buy jackets there. I was not as prepared as I thought it was, but even then, bro, like I had never been to the Midwest. I had been to the East Coast, but like for a week or two not during the coldest times but when you're talking about the midwest when you're talking about like you're by the great lakes in by michigan and things like that like it's cold 
And so I was not prepared for that. Like it got to a point where I was wearing like regular shoes in the snow, walking to class. And I was like, I need something else. And I'm just like looking around, around me and people are wearing like, like lug boots. Yeah. Lugs boots type stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. And so like I ended up investing in a pair of those and that got kind of got me through it. And then just stocking up on just sweats, which I, I don't know. I just didn't own a pair of sweats at that time, I guess. And flannels and thermals and bro, anything you name that that was warm, bro, that you can think about that. I, I bought it all. You know, what's interesting is like, for me, if I go to a cold place or if I go to a new place, that's cold. Like I, I take what I have and I'm like, dude, I've always survived in this. Like I'll figure a way to survive. But but when you go to a place that you've never been, that you've never experienced, like, let's say I've experienced, the coldest I've experienced is, uh, let's say, I mean, I told you 12 or something, but what I'm used to, like in Texas, when it was winter, it would get down to like the mid 30s. Mm-hmm. And then and then potentially the low 20s at night. That happened a few times. And like, I, I'll be fine in mid 20s with what I have, but I just think like whatever I have right now, I'll survive anything, but I've never experienced below zero. So like, maybe I'm not close to prepared. You know what I mean? No, I feel it. I feel like, it. I, like I mean, that's I, a crazy. That's a, that's I think like, I'm prepared, but I might not even be prepared. I mean, can you really be prepared for something you've never experienced though? Like we can tell ourselves um, that we're prepared. You know, we've got everything we need, but if you haven't really experienced it, I mean, yeah, there's nothing there's nothing that experiencing it firsthand. You know what I mean? Whatever mm-hmm. the situation is. So I don't know. I guess you can't really say like you're, you, you're fully prepared for that moment until you actually experience it. Yeah. So, so yeah. One, once you once you got settled in, once you bought all your, you know, your jackets, your your sweats, all that stuff, was it pretty? It was pretty normal or was like every day always like a fuck, man, it's cold. No, I dreaded it every day, to be honest really? with you. Yeah. I, I, like, I got used to it, but I dreaded it still, if yeah. that makes sense. It was yeah. kind of just a, a back and forth battle of just like, fuck, like, all right, I got to wake up. I got to walk to class. God, I live like a block or two away from campus, so it wasn't too far. Um, and campus wasn't ginormously big. Um, but even just walking in the snow, in the cold, like, I just never, like, fully accepted it but i mean i got through it you know mm-hmm. it it made waking up in the morning um and changing for class a lot easier like i would go to sleep in sweats and sometimes bro like the, the sweats i slept in i would wear them to class just because just keep myself warm yeah just yeah bro just kind of getting by did you have to time. did you have to did you ever have to like shovel snow <laughs> uh did I show like, like the baseball field, anything like that? No. When 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 our when our field was snowed on, um, we had that field house that I had mentioned earlier where we practiced in. Uh-huh. Um, so we never really practiced on the field during the, the snow time of the year. We always had the indoor facility to that that kind of catered towards us in our favor. Um I mean, the only time I really shoveled snow was I remember I had a an internship uh, in the month of January, and in the month of January is like a little break from the first semester to the second. Mm-hmm. 
and I did an internship during that break. And basically during that internship, I had to borrow a car from a couple of my teammates. I was just using a couple of guys' cars every now and then, the ones that were available on that specific day. And I would have to be there by like 8 a.m. And I would have to wake up. No, I would have to be. So like I lived with four four teammates. Sorry. They had the cars there. They had cars there. Yeah, they were from four of my teammates that were living with me. They were from Indiana already. Um, So they had they had vehicles um, to transport them from place to place, whatever. And I would just ask if I could borrow their cars the day prior for my internship just to get me there. Um, But anyways, long story short, I would have to be at my internship job um, around like 8, 830. And I would wake up around 6 or 630 just to get the car started, number one, so it could warm up in cold temperatures. And number two, I just had to be prepared to just like shovel some snow off of like the windshield or like behind the cars or whatever it may be. But yeah. it was nothing major, you know what I mean? Just to get me out of the driveway. Wow. But they, that was, that's, the, that's the only time I really recall like shoveling snow. They cleared the roads pretty quick out there? Yeah, they were on top of that. They were on top of that. Like 5 a.m. they're out there. Bro, they're out there, yeah. And I mean... I mean, you can't hit up, you can't hit all the spots, you know, as um, for those people that did those jobs of clearing the roads and things like that. But for the most part, they were on there. They're, yeah. They were on top of it pretty good. That's pretty wild. That's how it is out here, too. They, 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 they're on top of it. The roads are cleared pretty quickly. Yeah. But then again, it's like, it's nothing that we've experienced living in California, but it's like, dude, out here, they're used to it, you know? So exactly, exactly. And like I said, I, I, I got used to it. I still dreaded it just because it wasn't my cup of tea. But, I mean, it is what it is, you know. I, I, it was a dis- I made that decision to go out there for school, you know. So yeah, sure. I wasn't going to complain about it for four years. Damn, four years. I can't believe you lived out there for four. It's like. I know, know, right? Wow. It felt, like I, it felt like a blink of an eye. I went and I'm back home. Yeah. And it's crazy, too. Like, we were talking about it, bro. Like, you left to Texas around the same time I left to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I've been back home for two years now, mm-hmm. and now you're what in Colorado? Yep. Time's flying, bro. Time is four flying. years in Indiana. You did four years in, or like five years in Texas, right? Yep, five years. Fuck, man. Damn, you keeping tabs on me, kid? Come on, man. Sometimes I gotta check in with you, make sure hey, you're alive, hey, and hey, make hey. sure you're alive and well. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. Come on, I appreciate <laughs> that. Man. so how, how were summers in indiana beautiful weather humid what was it like raining Man. it was it was for the most part humid every fucking day it was like i mean i would come home during the summers but i would have to go back and report back to school earlier oh, than that's the, right earlier than the normal than the normal student body because of sports uh-huh. we had workouts early um earlier than students would report so basically i'm talking like maybe two, three weeks before school actually started. So, yeah, those those dog days of summer in Indiana were tough. It was, like, humid. There's, like, no air oh. ventilation, no no wind. It's just sitting hot air. Yeah. Did but, you – you never – did you – you ever been out to Texas? Uh, Texas. I mean, if – I mean, I had a, a, a layover there from my flights wow. a couple times. 
Like, I'm just trying to think of how that compares, how Indiana and the humidity during summer compares to Texas. It might be the same. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But I know, but I know Texas gets hot. Dude, Texas is, is pretty brutal. And I could only imagine, like, I've heard stories about Texas. Yeah. The problem is, is the humidity. I'm assuming it's the same with Indiana. Like, do you know what temperatures it got to in Indiana? Um, it was occasionally like, over a hundred, but oh, for the shit. most part, for the most part, it sat around like nineties for a good amount of time. Okay, yeah, because like Texas is like probably high eighties, um, for a lot of the summer, like high mid high eighties, maybe low nineties. But it's the humidity that's just it's just brutal. That's the temperature. If it's dry eighty five, it's like it's not terrible, you know. But once it's dry 80 or i mean uh 85 and 85 percent humidity it's like dude you go outside and you already feel sticky just by walking outside yeah bro you're talking about taking fucking three four showers in a day just to stay fresh oh my god dude okay telling talking stories see when i lived in texas these past few years we had ac and we ran the ac all the time but my dad his mom my grandma uh lives in the valley which is like which is South Texas, like 30 minutes from the border. Right. And uh, she's had the same house that my dad lived in when he was uh, in high school. So, Damn. yeah, house is like, I don't know, at least. Your dad's what, like my dad's, in his 40s? No, my dad's 50, 58, 57. Really? Yeah. Damn, your pops looks a little, looks younger than he is. Uh, he gets that a lot. He's proud of himself for it too. <laughs> of course. How yeah, I'm not. Him? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be the one to tell him. <clears throat> hey, you should tell him one day. Hey, man, you look young. I mean, he'll 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 appreciate that. But probably. What? But go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll I'll finish my story right after you say. What were you gonna say? I know. I said probably he would appreciate it, but then he'd go rambling about his Cowboys. <laughs> 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 hey doing good this season hey man cowboys cowboys are having a quietly good season finally for once for real so um so yeah that house is like super old like it's like this house is like made of concrete you know yeah like them old 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 like yeah just real old houses and uh you're talking about the wolf from Red Riding Hood can't blow this shit down. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Survived 16 tornadoes and shit already. Golly. I'd made that up. I don't know. But <laughs> but uh but my dad's like offered to like remodel her house, get her AC, and she's so old school, like she doesn't want any of that. So when we would go visit, I would take a shower. And get out of the shower, and, like, as I'm grabbing the towel and stepping out of the shower, I'm, like, sweating already, you know? Yeah. Because there's no air conditioning in the house. It was brutal, man. Bro, you, when you live there when you live there through generations, bro, I mean, you, you adapt to it, you know? Yeah, for sure. But it's like, ah, oh, man, like, she knows what air conditioning is, you know? So it's like. You, you know what know? that is? You know what that is speaking right now? That's us living in California, bro. We spoiled out here. For sure. Oh, dude, just people in general nowadays are spoiled. I mean, yeah. us for sure. No, for sure, for sure. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, you know? Yeah, growing up, you know, always living pretty comfortably for the most part. Shit. 
you're not lying. Yeah, for sure. But, but, um, yeah, it's crazy. Whenever you're down there in the valley, you're always sweating. It doesn't matter what you're doing. The second you step out of the car, your body's sweating. Now, fuck that. What about so, you? You, 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 you'd rather live in the heat or you'd rather live in the cold? Cold for sure. I, that's why I came out to Colorado. Makes sense. Today, right now, is a uh, today. Let me see. Let me check the. Let's see here. Let's check the weather. So right now it says it's 49 outside. Um, but that's the thing out here is like it's 49, but when you're in the sun, the sun feels good, you know? Yeah. And that's what I love. Like I can't wait for summers out here when it's when it's 75 and just that sun is just oh just being absorbed into your skin. Oh, it's such a good feeling. Colorado's beautiful too. Colorado's Dude. really beautiful. I went I I told you I went out there for like two weeks when I was younger and it was nice. It was, it was really nice. Well, look, man, this coming summer, you got a place to stay. Uh, in that, in that, in that old trailer of yours. Ah, come on, kid. This trailer's sweet, bro. It's like a whole mansion. You've seen this thing. You see how cozy it looks. It's Pinterest. No, I told you that when you sent me pics, when you moved out there, I was like, dang, you got that thing spot on. Yup, It's Pinterestable, huh? It could be on intra- Instagram <laughs> or what? Bro, you talking about if you're trying to give people ideas of how to model their fucking trailers? Throw Whoa. your shit on Pinterest. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, nah, you got that thing. You got that thing looking good. I'm not going to lie. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I put a lot of work into it. You could even like, this is just a side, a side hustle mentality. Like once you get your own place, you could put your trailer as like an Airbnb if you ever wanted to. Dude. Yeah, I, actually, I could, honestly. There's people who do that. I know. That's they a good idea. Trailers up. <clears throat> but the problem is, is I would have to get to an RV park in Denver because I don't think people would stay at an Airbnb out here, man. I'm too far from, I'm 45 minutes from Colorado Springs. I'm an hour 15 or an hour 30 from Denver. So, so you would have to live out in the city and then just put place your, your RV in like an RV park out there. Yeah. In the city. Yeah. Hey man. It's that doable. A bad idea. It, it's not a bad idea, but the, the problem is, is uh, it's super, it's uh, super congested. Like I was calling RV parks, like all around Denver and Colorado Springs. And like, all of them are full. There's none with vacancy. Damn. And, and it's super expensive to park an RV in Colorado Springs or Denver. You're talking mid excuse me i'm drinking i'm drinking like soda water um you're talking minimum like 750 to 800 a month just, just to park space yeah just for a space at the rv park that's crazy huh yeah i mean inflation bro inflation god damn it inflation's all, a bitch it's all george bush's fault dude fucking <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what's funny is like it doesn't matter honestly there are people where it doesn't matter what the situation is they'll they'll blame politics they'll they'll come up with a way to blame it on politics you know <laughs> like god damn it it's all someone, Obama's someone, fault. So, someone had to say <laughs> someone had to say and i don't get I, I don't get it's politics at all i really try ever to 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I've seen I've seen friendships, I've seen relationships fold because of politics. Like I would just rather I would rather not involve myself in that type of situation. But you're right, bro. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's funny though. It's hilarious. Like, god damn it. Fucking Obama or fucking George Bush or fucking yeah. Biden. You know what I mean? <sighs> Dude, there, I, I forgot who I was talking to, but I was out here and it was like, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I, I think it was recently, but it was like super fucking cold. And I heard somebody say, God damn it, this is Trump's fault. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like the weather is now Trump's fault. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I, I don't know. <clears throat> just, the, just the thought process sometimes, you know? Yeah. You know what's what? No, go ahead. You know what's interesting is it's crazy. I feel like I don't know, maybe it's just that I've lived in a few newer places, but I feel like as I'm getting older, it's like weather is becoming more extreme. Like living in Texas, that storm uh that came through last year, that was like yeah. the worst the worst storm they've had in like the past 30 years or something like that. And it in makes, Texas? Yeah. Or in San Antonio. Like, that was the worst, like, winter storm or snowstorm they've had in, like, 30 years last year. Yeah. And, like, in, like, California, like, I, obviously, I don't live there anymore. But, but growing up there for 21 years, I never experienced wildfires like the wildfires that are happening now, that I'm seeing happen now. No, I could agree. It's crazy, Me. dude. Like. California is just burning up every single year. Bro, you have one day. It'll be fucking the middle of November. And you have one day where it hits like 90, 95, just out of the blues. And there's there's a little bit of wind involved. Oh, you're, you can bet a fire is going to be popping off that day. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's just fucking dry out there. I don't know, bro. Dude, it's crazy, man. Flying flying whenever i fly to california and i like look out the window as i'm coming in it's so crazy how dry it is and how much of a desert it is yeah no for sure how was how was indiana was it foresty what was the terrain like where you lived where i was it was foresty i mean beautiful no it was gorgeous and what's what was dope about indiana um it's like the seasons out there, you can visibly see them. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like out in California, it's like the same weather every fucking day of the year, yep. which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love California. I always will. It's home, you know, but like to live in a different state um, for the four years that I did, like being able to visibly see the, the season change, like fall, winter, spring, summer, like that. those days were nice, bro. I'm not oh, going to lie. Yeah. And yeah. I had a couple. Of, I had a couple of uh of teammates who who were from Indiana, like I said, and they would invite us to like their lake, their lake houses that they had out there, and they had like boats and stuff like that. Like it was dope to be able to like ex- experience that type of life, you know? Yeah. But so you you went on the lake and stuff. Yeah, we went out on the lake. Um, there was this like tradition that uh our baseball program had every year, where our head coach organizes like. A week before school starts, we, we've we already been there as a team two weeks together. And then, like, a week before school starts, for a whole week, we stay out by a lake and just bond and shit like that. 
team bonding type shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was during the summer, and that that was super dope. I, I always look forward to that every year because it's just a uh, good time. Oh, I bet, dude. <clears throat> so what? Super good time. So now that you're out of school, um, did you guys drink and stuff when you guys went to party on those like a week before or before school starts? <laughs> nah, bro. Like I said, we went our actually I don't even think I mentioned it to you um today, but I went to like a private Christian uh small school and oh that's right. Yeah, they had some they had some cheesy restrictions on there. So um alcohol was one of them and now nah, we we never really we never drank on that trip at all, obviously because we had our coaches with us and things like that, but Hey man, so some rules are meant to be broken sometimes, you know, outside of that. I understand. I understand. It's just life, you know, I don't know. It was just, would I recommend anybody to go there? If you're trying to live the, 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 the quote unquote college, the full on college experience. Probably <laughs> that's not, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Nah, that's yeah. definitely not it. But it, it was one of the options that I was able to be fortunate enough to get school paid for and it was an option that i had to leave the state for a good amount of time so yeah kind of just took it for what it was worth oh for sure and it's yeah it's it's a big uh learning and growing experience for you for sure and especially it adding in the fact that it was paid for it's a no-brainer <clears throat> yeah no nah, for sure it saved it saved a bunch of money granted i still owe a lot of money i could owe a lot more yeah so, for sure but yeah, I would never take back the life experiences I experienced from myself living on my own for four years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I but, think that's that's how Dixie State was for Anthony. In terms yeah, man, of, Dixie State. I forgot about Dixie State for Anthony. Yeah, it was like uh, Utah, Mormon community. So, like, he said, like, all the stores closed at, like, 9 p.m. Nobody's allowed <laughs> to drink. Like, dude, it was like. It was and like, which I'm pretty sure too, like, you know, rules are meant to be broken. And I'm pretty sure they found ways to be able to hang out and have a good time every now and then. Yeah, but this is the thing, like the cops were even douches about it. Like if they saw a college kid drinking, like it's not even like a hey, throw it away. It's like a here's your ticket. Damn. Yeah, he said it was they were like super strict out there. No, nah, luckily luckily for us, it wasn't as serious as that. It was yeah. but Damn, I couldn't imagine that. That's talking about living life on the edge, bro. Dude, just trying to have a beer when you're in college and you get arrested. Like, like what? Kids are just kids are just getting in trouble. Whereas other kids in in other schools, like, like my little brother, dude, my little brother's at Texas State, and like Texas State is a big party school, you know. But that's dope. That's dope for your brother. You know, he's getting the full-on college experience. He's getting yeah, yeah. He's getting everything catered yeah. towards him essentially and i mean i think as, as people deserve that you know what i mean at some point in their lives to be able to experience it to to the full extent yeah i mean you have some bad apples out there and you hear about like those college stories and like frat houses and things like that of drugs and yeah and kids dying and shit kids dying sexual assaults happening sexual sexual harassment's happening i mean you have those bad apples but for the most part bro i mean let kids live it up you know what i mean Dude, kids live it up, but what's so crazy, man, is, like, I mean, realistically, dude, like, 
college for a lot of a lot of people or like a lot of schools is like okay obviously you're going to get an education but it's kind of weird man it's like thousands of just horny teenagers just on their (laughs) own i mean it's honestly like it's just horny teenagers looking to have sex on their own obviously they're going for education right but but when you're like at parties and stuff out there like everybody's hooking up and just it's pretty nuts, dude. It's pretty nuts that we have a, a, a thing where it's like, yeah, go to school, get an education, but you're going to be on your own and you're going to be able to do whatever you want and go sleep at whoever's place you want. It's, I didn't go to a four year, so I don't know what that's like, but, but I know that's what it's like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. You know what I mean? You're right. Especially like at those big schools out there, those big ass four years, you know? Yes. Yes, Exactly. And, like, at those big four years, too, like, you're talking about kids with, like, parents who are wealthy, talking six, seven figures, income at home, and, like, mommy and daddy are just, like, shipping them out money every week or every day. So they have access to pretty much everything they want. And then they even turn 21 while they're still in college. Like, bro. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Then they're buying everybody alcohol, and it's just a big party out there. It's just a whole domino effect from there. A downhill domino effect for some of them. For some of them, for sure. Jesus but Christ. I'm burping a that's shit. The way to, that's the way to go go through it, bro. Experience life, you know? Yeah, sometimes I wish I went to a four-year. I know. I remember you would, you would tell me that a couple times when I was in school. You're like, damn. I mean, you did. It just took you like, what, six, seven, eight? nine ten, <laughs> ten, ten years to finish no nah, but it, i didn't i i, I kind of wish i like lived in a dorm you know to get that like dorm life yeah did you dorm or you always lived in an apartment no or, or I, like dorm, a house? I dorm my first year there um i dormed my first year there and then after that the dorms weren't really for me uh i don't know i just didn't really like it in there just because it was so like I don't know how to explain it. It was, it was just secluded. You know what I'm saying? And I had like, I had teammates that were in the same, like basically the same level as me. Cause Four it was like seven. a three, a three, four story building uh-huh. of dorms. And I just, I had a couple teammates in there with me, but I ended up just, I got offered to, to live off campus with some of my other teammates at a house. Yeah. And it was five bedrooms in the house and it was a nice house. Don't get me wrong. Um, and so after my first year, I just decided to move out and I moved into the into the house with four of the teammates. And we all we each had our own room, which was cool. Um, and we just split three bathrooms amongst the five of us. So other than I mean, it was a good deal. All in all, we had a full kitchen, a yeah. fucking nice ass living room. It was it was the whole setup. And I went out there after my first I w- moved out there after my first year and then pretty much lived out there the, the the final three years did you cook a lot or no i did bro i did um, what'd you what'd you cook you downloaded pinterest and followed recipes <laughs> or what dude honestly i would i would watch a lot of fucking gordon ramsay really yeah bro i learned how to make some dishes out there because of fucking gordon ramsay wow that's cool you watch it on youtube or what yeah bro i would just be i, I just got tired of of I had a meal plan, okay? I had a meal plan that was paid for. Um, and fuck, what was it? I think the number was like 
you got 20 what is it 21 meals in a week holy shit. So, oh, okay 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 yeah basically, so essentially three meals three meals a day yeah yeah so you had the full thing you had the fucking you could have feasted pretty much and i did don't get me wrong i did but the quality was just not it bro like uh... it was bad at times it was bad and me, I'm not picky when it comes to food. Dude, believe me, I am not picky. I will eat whatever is served towards me. But just it got to the point where, like, the the servings that we were getting and just, like, the quality of food, it was bad. And for me not to like it, it has to be really bad. So I just kind of living off campus, like, a block or two, um, I kind of got tired of just making that walk towards the, the cafeteria on campus for some shitty food you know what i mean yeah like, i was i wasn't gonna do it sometimes i did a couple of times when i was just lazy and didn't want to cook but i mean i just learned to whip up some recipes from fucking gordon ramsay <laughs> whip up dude that man saved me bro that man saved me damn that's crazy you think he'd call you an idiot sandwich or do you think you would pass the test <laughs> if you if you had to cook for him what do you think hey you know what Knowing what I know now and what I learned over the process of watching his videos, I think I could whip him up something nice. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm not, I'm not playing. I can, I can whip it up in the kitchen a little bit. All right, bro. Give me ten years. Give me ten years to to get this podcast big. I'm gonna get Gordon Ramsay on so that you can bring him. No, up for sure. If Gordon Ramsay ever comes across this fucking podcast, <laughs> Gordon. I thank you, man. I thank you. <laughs> Damn, shout out to Mr. Gordon Ramsay. Shout out to Gordon Ramsay, bro. So what uh what's your favorite like dish to cook? Do you still cook at home much or no? No, I do. I do. Um I live with my, my girlfriend's parents now, so mm-hmm. it's kind of just like a uh I'll cook every now and then or my girlfriend's mom will cook every now and then. My girlfriend's mom's like a, a your traditional Hispanic woman. You know, she 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 cooks. loves her kitchen. She loves her kitchen. She loves to cook. So it's like me living here. Granted, I pay rent, but still, like I let her have her kitchen sometimes. So uh, I'll cook every now and then, though. What do you What do you whip together? What's one of your favorite? Like, like if I were to tell you, like, hey, Drew, man, I'm coming to visit. Do you think you could whip me up something like a nice meal on a Friday night? What What are you whipping up for me? I'd probably whip you up like a nice steak or a nice chicken adobo dish. Oh, chicken adobo. Oh, okay, okay. Chicken adobo, bro. I could could go days eating chicken adobo. I fucking love that dish. Did your mom cook much? My mom? Yeah. Hell yeah, she did. Did she teach you how to cook? Dude, I learned how to cook on my own. Okay. I did. I really did. And I, my uncle growing up, uh, on, I grew up, um, with my dad mainly on my Filipino side and growing up, my uncle would cook a lot and I would watch him cook every now and then as a little kid, you know, whatever. Um, and it was interesting just to see like some of the shit he would make up, but then when it came to like that age where I just like was hungry at times, if I was home alone, or, like, when I moved away from college, like, I would just get hungry and I would just want to eat something, eat something decent at least. So just learn through videos and learn through fucking searching up on the Internet, see, 
certain dishes and just kind of running with it. You didn't get you didn't get taught much how to cook. Phil, uh, like, are you? Do you know how to cook Filipino food or not much? I mean, isn't isn't chicken adobo Filipino? Yeah, yeah. Not chicken adobo might be like the only like decent meal I know how to cook from Phil, my Filipino side. Uh-huh. I mean, I can make you. I can make like fucking anybody can make lumpia. It's just your your traditional egg roll. Uh-huh. But I mean, for the most part, chicken adobo is like one thing i can for sure handle did you ever had you ever been to that place called goldilocks goldilocks, goldilocks. sounds familiar i it might have a, as a kid a filipino place the only filipino store i remember growing up was this spot in garden grove it was on a it was on gilbert street i remember going to that corner spot all the fucking time with my grandparents what is it called it was just the Filipino store. That was it. <laughs> oh, a store. Yeah, it was just called the Filipino store, and they fucking sold everything you can think about. Interesting. But nowadays, you have, like, your traditional H-marts, things like that to go to, so, or or 99 Ranch Market out here in California. Yeah, those but- who know, those who know, know. Isn't 99 Ranch more... Uh- I feel like 99 Ranch is just more all Asian rather than Filipino itself. No, for sure. For sure it is. But I mean, if you're talking about, if you're trying to get ingredients closest to making your Filipino dish, yeah, that's, that's, that's where you'll probably end up going. Yeah, for sure. Hey, did you know that, did you know that David is Filipino? Uh, your, your sister's husband? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I knew he was Filipino. <clears throat> yeah. His dad's Filipino. Is it just his dad? I thought both of his parents were. No, his mom is white. I'm pretty sure. I'm like ninety oh, percent sure. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. So how's your mom doing? What about your dad? Your dad's in Vegas. How are they? Yeah, man. My my parents are good. My dad's out in fucking Vegas, living the dream. Once once I got out the house, he uh he was sad. He can, he can go do his own thing. So he moved out to Vegas, kind of like the same way your dad moved out to Texas for you know it's cheaper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so my dad's out in Vegas. My mom's still out here. She still lives out here in California. In I'm Santa, not too far from her. Santa Ana or Tustin? Uh, it's like the border of Santa Ana and Tustin. She oh, technically okay. lives in Tustin, but like, it, it it feels like Santa Ana. Yeah. So what's up? You going? Tri- you taking Josiah trick or treating? Yeah. Uh, we'll probably be going trick or treating out in the city of Orange on Sunday. Oh, you trying to go get them big candies, huh? Hell yeah, bro! Ah. I want, some, I want, I want them to, I want them to give him the hefty bars. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Hey, he ain't gonna king. be able to eat all of it by himself. Yeah, you trying to go get them king size? You're not even realistically. You're not taking him to go trick or treating. You're going <laughs> trick or treating. <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. You know how of it course. Is. You already know. You every. I feel like everybody has like their spots to take their kids to like a quality area that they know they're going to get good candy oh yeah for sure you know what i mean is it just me okay obviously you have a kid so you're able to keep up or you're a you're um more obligated to keep up with like the little holidays and stuff. but uh-huh. is, it, is it just me or does it feel like halloween is dying uh like how how is it like have you, you took it I saw y'all took him to Irvine Park right? Mm-hmm. How was that? Was there like a lot of Halloween decorations? A lot of kids? No, there, it was a whole it was a whole pumpkin patch. 
Oh, there okay. Whole, there was a whole pumpkin patch in Irvine Park. Um, but to answer your question, as far as Halloween dying, uh, I can kind of see where you're coming from a little bit, but uh, I wouldn't say it's dying. But I have heard, like, it's funny because I listen to the radio every morning, 92.3. Uh, you used to listen to Big Boy at all, Big Boy's Neighborhood? Uh, very, 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 uh, like, uh, very little. Okay. Anyways. At every morning, bro, once when I'm driving, I'm always listening to it. And they had this conversation a couple of days ago of like, if they're during the holidays, not the holidays are here. Out of the three holidays, which one would you let go? And for the most part, everybody was saying Halloween. Oh. Like Halloween was just not it for a lot of people. Some people were even saying Thanksgiving, which was surprising. But I understand now too, like. Thanksgiving, you can do a Thanksgiving dinner any day of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can kind of understand when people are like, I would let go of Thanksgiving 100%. But yeah, I don't know. I, I would say no. Halloween probably isn't dying. Maybe you're just fading away from Halloween. <laughs> I think so, honestly. And also, it's like when you get older, like when we were younger, my mom used to like decorate the house Halloween, you know, put up stuff. And as you get older, it's like you're just you're not a kid anymore, you know? No, for sure. For sure. I so, mean, I, I, I was fortunate enough to have a, a, a kid at a young age. And I mean, Halloween's just mandatory every year now. You know what I mean? Of until, course. He, until, until he gets to that certain age. So, yeah. So, yeah. So you'll, you'll the, feel it. You'll feel it once you get a kid. Yeah. Once that happens, once you get a little Julian running around. Golly, dude. <laughs> Um, oh, what are we? What are we thinking, man? A year, two years? No three chance, years? kid. I barely. Come on, dude. man. Josiah needs oh. a little friend. <laughs> Josiah is gonna be three times the size of my kid, dude. Damn. Yeah, Josiah is growing up quickly, bro. Josiah is That's growing up quickly, dude. That is crazy. You ever look at pictures of him when he was like a baby and just like get emotional, dude? Just, just last night, just last night when. When Leslie and I were, were going to bed, we were just, like, looking at our phones, and she started going through um, some old photos and videos of Josiah, and we were just watching them for, like, a good half hour before we knocked out of just his old baby videos. Damn, dude. I feel like I would start crying. Yeah, I can see you crying. Bro, I'm I an emotional bitch, you. dude. <laughs> I'm not kidding, it bro. You. It hits you. No, dude, I'm an I'm I'm a, I'm fucking emotional for stupid shit, dude. I was watching this this fucking Instagram video of this girl who's blind, and she was on a cooking show on the that one I or something uh, Iron Chef. Oh, you're talking about that Christine lady? Yeah, and she's blind. She's blind, and she can cook mad kinds. And her mom taught her how to cook, but her mom died. Oh, and 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 she. She wins the whole competition, right? Yeah, bro. And I was fucking <laughs> crying watching that video. Bro, I'll tell you, I listen, I watched Gordon Ramsay in college and I know exactly who you're talking. You're talking about Christine Hong, I think her bro. name is. <laughs> Christine Hong, bro, that first dish she made, she made like a, a soup for them. Oh, that shit looks so good. Dude, it, it's so ridiculous. Like, it's so ridiculous. I was I was like tearing up like tears coming out of my eyes i'm like god damn chill out guy why are you crying yeah. for she fucking killed it 
she killed it on that show. You know what it is? I love stories about humans, man. I think humans are so fascinating. So, like, the fact that she was like, bro, you're blind on a cooking show. Like, you you have to ask the judges, like, to help you show or tell you where the ingredients are. And you fucking won? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, bro. It's nuts. It's, and you're right, though. Like, when you say humans are fascinating, bro, there's some fucking amazing people out in this world oh my god dude amazing talent wise and whatever it is bro there's some crazy crazy people in this world oh for sure talent wise but also um what fascinates me even more is people who um have certain disabilities or or certain things happen and they adapt like like it's so crazy like seeing people who who don't have arms and just do things with their feet, you know? Yeah. Like that's something like you're talking just, about. You're talking like people in like third world countries. Uh, or even here, like, or he, even here who, who like have to get around their whole lives, like sitting in an electric chair. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But, but they just adapt. You know what I mean? It just becomes the normal and they're happy or they're still doing okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. I mean, fuck. Sometimes the cards are dealt in ways that we don't expect it or ways that we don't want it to be. And you just got to take it for what it is and just fucking keep pressing forward, honestly. Yes, like, sir. she was she was blind, bro, in that, in, that, in that competition. And I remember I saw, like, a video, like, from the next season, bro. And they, they blindfolded the contestants to, to, to put them through what she went through. Whoa. Yeah, you should look that up. And... They they blindfolded them and they were just going crazy like it, it it was it was hilarious just seeing them um trying to adapt to that situation trying to cook and cut stuff and just looking for your normal ingredients on the show like it was hilarious but that it put him in that perspective of her and what she was dealing with but she has she's dealt with it for a long period of time so she's been able to adapt to it yeah over yeah. time but nah you're right bro. There's some yeah, amazing there's, people out in this world. There is some amazing humans for sure. So, <clears throat> so what's up? You got a lot of new stuff. How how'd you how'd your sale go this week? You had a sale this week or no? Uh, I so I just I do a lot of a uh, wholesale during the week, and then on the weekends I do my my typical like flea markets. Yeah. So for the most part, like during the week, my main source of business is 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 selling higher quantity of clothing towards customers Mm -hmm. so like 50 pieces 40 pieces 30 pieces of clothing yeah um and i just i'll wholesale it to certain clients that i've been able to sell to uh, on a consistent weekly basis so um that's kind of what i did this morning when i told you i had to ship out a box this morning it was Uh just to a client that has been buying wholesale for me for the last month or so. Uh-huh. Um, but this weekend I, I have one, one event I'm doing. Um, and then I'm probably going to take Sunday off for Halloween to hang out with, with Josiah. Yeah. But where, yeah, that's kind of how my, that's kind of how the business operates right now. Where did you say the, the event's going to be? The event this Saturday is in Santa Ana. Okay. At a, at a flea market. Yeah, it's a flea market. Um, it's in downtown Santa Ana. I don't know if you're too familiar with that area. 
um, but it's in downtown Santa Ana on 4th Street. And it's basically like a whole block or two of just a flea market. And it's uh, like a, it's like it's Halloween theme this Saturday. And it's it's pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. It, oh, okay. Every flea, every flea market that they do right there, when I do it, it's dope already. But that the, the fact that this one is like a Halloween theme, it's going to be pretty sick. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Brings yeah. out, brings out brings out more people for the attractions a lot of people get out there no, they do bro they do what's cool is that like the the coordinator of this event he uh so it's free admission but he he asked that everybody that attends like purchases their free ticket online um before they attend so they so can kind of so they can have an idea of how many people are gonna go and like there, there's thousands of people who sign up for it, bro. It's crazy. Like, I think the last event I did, they had, like, a, t- a little over, like, 8,000 people. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, bro. That's crazy. So how much do you pay for your spot there? Uh, It's 150 for a spot, but I split it with one of my homies who I, who I sell with um, on a weekly basis on the weekends for the most part. Sometimes I'll sell by myself, but, like, these higher end markets that charge like a hundred, 150. Uh, I usually try to do it with somebody else just to cut the, the cost in half, yeah. make it cheaper, make it cheaper and worth it essentially. But when so, you, when you put clothing out and stuff, you guys have your own separate sections. No, no, no. So we're basically in like a 10 by 10 space and mm-hmm. usually we'll put up a canopy and, uh, we'll just set up our booth under the canopy. Um, depending on like the way the layout is of that flea market we're at yeah um, whether if it's a Santa Ana one or if we're in LA or if we're in San Diego we'll kind of just adapt towards the way our setup allows us to set up and just set it up in a creative way to attract customers you know yeah but but like is there a spot with your clothes and then there's a spot with his clothes or you just mix them up and then when somebody asks you just say oh that's his yeah, yeah. so it's a, that's what we'll do is um We'll bring our own racks of clothing and then we'll kind of just mix up both of ours together. And then oh, okay. we have an we have an idea of what's his and what's mine type of thing, just so we can keep keep track of the money. Um, but it's not too difficult at all. It sounds a little difficult, but it's not at all once yeah. you get the hang of it. Yeah. So does he sell the exact like the same style of vintage clothes or a different style? No, same, pretty much the same. Um but a lot of it comes down to bro is just the the pricing of certain items honestly uh-huh. when it comes to items um you'll have like your higher end items and then you'll have like your cheaper end items so for him he mainly has uh, a little bit of a higher end scale of items interesting and then for me i like to sell a lot of like your cheaper end scale items yeah yeah what's up josiah josiah just walked in the building Hello, little man. You want to come on the podcast? Oh, he took off once he heard you. (laughs) (laughs) He ran. He heard your voice and he took off. (laughs) He was like, nah, I'm out. (laughs) One day, one day. One day we'll get him on the the podcast. He'll do it too. (laughs) He'll say a couple words. I hope so. So, um... So I, I, I was listening to a, a podcast about a guy who uh, has a collection of like old Levi jeans. 
what what do like old 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 levi's go for like do you know anything about like vintage vintage levi's and stuff like that like so you have i mean with vintage everybody has their own um curations they 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 curate a certain style of vintage i would say um for me uh i'm a little bit of a newer head i would say um in the community when I say community, like the vintage community. Um, and I typically sell things that are no farther back than like late 80s. Uh-huh. And then you'll have some vintage dudes who curate things from like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh-huh. mainly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it all just comes down to what you're educated on. And for me, with to answer your question for Levi's, um, I understand the market with Levi's a little bit and, and certain styles of Levi's. I know kind of what the market is like for those, but from what I've heard, um, just talking to other dudes and other homies in the, in the, in the community, I've, I've heard like certain Levi's vintage Levi's, um, denims, they go upwards of like two, 300 bucks. I've heard Levi's denim jackets sell for like two, $3,000. Like, Whoa. Yeah, you're talking like 50s, 60s Levi's type shit. Like the the Levi's the Levi's game is crazy. Dude, you know what's crazy is that there's probably like we both of us probably have so many friends with parents who have like old Levi jackets and shit like that, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. 100%. And it it Man. it that's what kind of makes this whole side of the business fun, bro. Like going out and like scavenger hunting for, for, for goods yeah. Um, yeah. from like original owners. You know what I'm saying? Like people who, who, who lived through those generations and they've owned that from when they came out type of thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Like that's what, that's what makes it so satisfying and so um, worth it. If for lack of better terms, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. It's just a, a a better appreciation for for clothing when you oh, can get sure. it from from its original owners. I would say. Oh, I bet. I bet. So how how did you ever like? How did it start? How did you get into the Levi game? And and obviously it's evolved. But what made you? Or not? Sorry, not the Levi game. The vintage clothing game. Um. Like what first piqued your interest, and then. When did you decide to start like, oh, you know what? I'm going to start selling this. I'm going to start going out, searching for vintage clothing, and then selling it. Like, tell me about it. Uh, what? It started for me, I want to say, like, four, four to five months before the pandemic started. Um, I kind of just was finding ways to just make a quick buck, you know what I'm saying? Just flipping whether it was shoes, clothes, whatever it may be. And it wasn't even like just vintage stuff. It was just any shoes, any clothes in general. I was just flipping it. You know what I'm saying? Uh And um, so I did the resale game a little bit, four to five months before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit. And then they came out with like all these, these stimulus packages and people and unemployment was going up. um, Unemployment payments were going up and, people were just getting all this money bro just a ton of money 
just being paid towards everybody. Um, and you couldn't, it wasn't like people were spending it. You know what I'm saying? If you were smart about it, you would save your money. Um, during that time that everybody was getting paid so much money. And then, um, I kind of wanted to find ways to just make more money. I would say, cause I'm out of work. All I'm getting is just unemployment. I mean, I'm good. I was, I, I, I was stable at that time, but I just wanted to find ways to just still make more money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't want my money to just sit. Um, so I did shoes first. I focused more on shoes, uh, in the beginning of the pandemic. I tried to get into reselling shoes like your Jordans, you know what I'm saying? Nike shoes, Nike runners, whatever it may be. Um, and I started to realize that it was just too much capital that, that I had to invest that it was just, it kind of wasn't making it worth it for me uh-huh. at that time. Um, so I was, I reevaluated it, my situation a little bit as far as like, what's going to be worth it. And so I started shifting towards clothes. Um, and when I shifted towards clothes, I started to realize like, um, you still need a good amount of capital to, to get started, but it wasn't as much as you needed for shoes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, let, let, for example, let me just, let's just say your typical Jordan shoe. Let's just say the market for a shoe is like 350 and I'm buying it for 280, 270. And I'm trying to sell it for like 340, 350. And then you'll have like your negotiators out there. There's people who try to haggle you for a couple, a couple bucks. And so you you end up selling it for like 330, 320. Okay. So what uh, I, I made like a 40, 45, $50 profit. Uh-huh. So I'm investing like 270, 280 to make 40 to 50 bucks, which is cool. Um, but sometimes to make that 40, $50, it took a long time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The shoe so might it, sit. The shoe will sit and I just have money sitting there and it's not doing, doing anything for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's no longer becoming an asset for me. It's just sitting dead money. Yeah. So, um, I got into clothes and clothes was just cheaper to invest in. I mean, when you go around your, when you go around at thrift stores or when you, when you're buying, you, you buy a resale every now and then from other people, um, you're paying like anywhere from, let's just say at the thrift store, like a dollar to ten dollars for a shirt Uh and you'll be able to sell it for like 20 bucks that day or 20 bucks the next day yeah so it's not it doesn't require a a heftier investment you know what i mean Uh uh-huh and then so i i got into that i invested a lot into the vintage game and it was going well like i'm just reselling on on my instagram i made my own instagram account uh for vintage uh it was just a good side hustle for me. I had a job, a full-time job at that time. I wasn't working yet because of the pandemic, but I still had my job secured. So it was more of a side hustle for me. And then I did my first uh, my first flea market, I want to say, in like September, October of that year during the pandemic when things started to open up a little bit. Did you do this flea market with anybody or was this so? No. Well, I did it with my brother. I did it with my little brother. Um, he kind of helped me with it, but it was just me solo, solely just deciding, Hey, I want to do a flea market. And how did Try you get, how did you get in contact with the coordinator of the flea market? Just social media, you know okay. what I mean? Just social uh-huh. media. Um, I started to hear about certain flea markets for vintage and, um, started doing a little bit more research as far as like what markets are good and things like that. So I reached out to 
Kobe swapped me on Instagram in San Diego to sell at one of their vintage events. Then my first event, I made like four or 500 bucks. And mm-hmm. I was like, damn, like, that's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Especially my first time doing it. Um, and then I started to do that on a consistent monthly basis. So like my full-time job, I would be working from Sunday to Thursday and I would have Friday, Saturday off. So I would always try to coordinate an event every Saturday I was off. Uh-huh. And then I would still try to sell as well during the week. It, I just wasn't as active because obviously I had a full-time job. Yeah. So I would try to make a couple sales here and there during the week. But for the most part, everything was on the weekends. And the money just started coming, man. Like the money started coming every weekend. And each market that I did when I first started was getting a little bit better. Like the first market I made a little bit over four. And then the next market I made a little bit over five. And then it was just like consistent four to $500 every Saturday. And then a couple months goes by the pandemic starts to cool down a little bit and then I'm going to, I'm going into my job one day and I'm just like, fuck, like I have, I had money saved up from that unemployment payments being dispersed during that year. Um, I'm going to my job. I'm so focused every day at my job on my side hustle that I was no longer like fully invested in my full-time job. Yeah. uh You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, some people know what that feeling is like. And when you feel that you're, you, you, you're more engaged and more excited about what you've, what you've finally evolved your, your, your small business into, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So one day I was just thinking about it, like, man, like maybe I can do something with this. And just like a fun fact, aside from all this is like my whole life, I've always found this way to like hustle, turn, turn a dollar out of 15 cents. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always been hustling to make money somehow. Bro, you don't um, even know nothing about hustling, kid. What'd you sell in high school? Tell me what you sold. <laughs> bro, in high school, in middle school, I was selling candy. Like, I would go to the 99 cent store, buy the buttloads of candy, and then just sell each piece for, like, a quarter, 50 cents, oh, a dollar. Really mad respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I would sell candy, bro. And so, oh. and then I got into college, and I, I, I did a couple, like, sneak flips here and there just so that way i can have money in my pocket mm-hmm. like i would use financial aid money you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and use financial aid money to go buy a pair of shoes and then make like a quick 40 50 bucks yeah whatever like I, I always found ways to just make money out of something and so anyways back to present time at that time <laughs> I like i come in my i come into my job and i'm like fuck like i want to take this thing to like the next level i want to fully invest my time into it it's not going to be easy um, I don't anticipate it to be easy, but I felt like when I put myself in a position, um, to provide, especially having a son and a family and I have bills and I have rent and what's whatnot, like when I put myself when my back's against the wall and I need to provide, like I have no other solution, but to do that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of put myself in an uncomfortable position by quitting my full-time job and doing this full-time and then kind of running away with it. And now it's evolved into my full-time job it's a passion of mine and i enjoy doing it like i've never i think i told you just a couple of days ago like i've never been happier in my life than where i am right now at this yeah. present moment i don't i don't report to nobody i just i work i'm self-employed i work myself so it's just it was a big risk and so far it's been worth it it's been getting it's able to get me and my family by and yeah. if it's been able to get me and my family by so far in these beginning stages 
I know as long as I keep pressing forward with it, it can evolve into even greater. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. But it's a, it, having a family, too, it, it takes a lot of support from um, from Leslie, from my girlfriend, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It takes a lot of time from of me away from Leslie and Josiah because I got to I got to go get inventory during the week to supply for customers on the weekend or even just to find inventory for wholesale boxes and things like that. So um, it takes a good backbone, like someone like Leslie to, to understand. Hey, shout out to Leslie. No, for sure. I owe a lot, I owe a lot to her. That's cool, man. That woman, man. Hey man, that's good to hear. Sorry. I know that was like a whole, a whole life story, but that's kind of, how I got started into this. Hey, don't be sorry. That's what I asked for. So I appreciate you telling me. <clears throat> yeah, no problem. No problem. So you said your clothes, you mainly focus on clothes more so from the 80s and stuff. Eight, like I probably, I'm educated enough to, to know like as far back as like 80s. So anything, anything 80s to the 90s to early 2000s. And, and, and you focus on like t-shirts and, and like maybe what ge- old jeans or like, no, I'll do, I'll do jeans. I'll do jeans. Um, a lot of the style right now is a lot of like workwear pants, like Carhartt, uh-huh. like Carhartt work, workwear pants are like a style in the fashion game right now. That's like heavily sought after for. So a lot of people like their Carhartt workwear pants. So also like, Carhartt pants, Levi's denims, um, a lot of t-shirts, a lot of outerwear, just whatever it may be, bro. Just it's understanding the market for certain items and understanding what to invest in it to be able to to be able to bring a profit into it. What about like an old school classic like Ed Hardy shirt? Ed Hardy too right now is booming. Ed Hardy too really? is booming right now. Yeah, a lot of people like their Ed Hardy. Fuck. Um, just depending, just just depending on the style. Just it all depends on the style. Um, but I know Ed Hardy right now is booming for sure. Look, man, whoever likes Ed Hardy, man, cool, cool. But I think fucking Ed Hardy's hideous. Golly. Yeah, I know. I I've never been a huge fan of it myself. I couldn't <laughs> bring myself. To, I couldn't bring myself to wear the Ed Hardy style. But bro, like I said, it it it's all just fashion trends. It's yeah. whatever's it's whatever's in right now for for um for the fashion industry honestly whatever travis scott wears pretty much <laughs> dude that is so crazy that there are people out there that just like whatever they do and whatever they wear just people just hop on board and do exactly what they do it's freaking nuts yeah bro it's crazy so it's what about really crazy. what about button-up shirts you do like button-up shirts or what only right no i don't shirts? really i don't i don't really i haven't really tapped into the market of button-up shirts there's a market for it i'm just oh, is there? i'm not yeah, there's a market for it for sure, just depending on what what style you have. Um, but that's just a side of the the vintage game that I'm not as educated on. Mm-hmm. And it's not what I preferably curate, I would say. Like I would I my my main curation is like vintage Nike. I love vintage Nike. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. I love like the story behind Nike and the involvement of Nike from like when Jordan signed with Nike to what it's evolved to today type of thing so just being able to see like the different eras and the different quality of 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 uh products that they were able to put out in like the 80s and 90s bro because when you look at like 
fashion stores and retail stores now it's just fast fashion like they're, they're just trying to put out as much inventory as possible but a lot of the times bro like if you go into your regular retail store if you feel the quality of some of the clothing bro it's just cheap quality mm-hmm. it's not sustainable you know what I'm saying? it's not made to last yeah but like when you have like vintage goods that vintage tees and vintage outerwear or even your levi's jeans like bro when you feel a good pair you can feel like the quality of it and how it's been able to sustain 10 20 30 years of being worn by whoever the person it was before you you know what i'm saying uh like there there comes it comes a character behind each item interesting yeah it's a i could talk about this all day honestly dude i bet you can i got I got an old, I think my, um, my uh, middle school gym shorts are Nike. I think my mom still has them. Interesting. Bro, you're, you're middle school, like what, like 15 years ago? Yeah, dude, that's vintage, bro. Early 2000s. <laughs> you want to at least. Hey, man. To- hey, I'll take a look at them. I'll take a look All at right. them. I'll take a look at them. <laughs> no, but that's cool, too, about like being able to have like a social media platform on instagram is like my business involves like buying selling trading trading items so like i'll have random people like hit me up saying like hey i have this are you interested and i i I always accept anybody that reaches out just because like i like to see what they have it may sometimes i get those people that spend like things that aren't necessarily vintage but like i appreciate those that hit me up to try to sell to me you know what i'm saying yeah Cause they can go to anybody else, but that person decided to come to come to me. Yeah, type of thing. So I appreciate I appreciate anybody who ever reaches out. Well, I've told you that I have old clothes for you, and you don't want them. So what, what's <laughs> going on there, huh? Anybody but you. <laughs> so anybody but you. So is it? It's the vintage game. Is I mean, like, like I know you go to like thrift stop thrift stores and stuff to go check out what they got and try to go find stuff it's i know the vintage game you said is pretty popular so do you see people and you can tell like you see certain people you're like oh i know they're trying to to find vintage clothes oh for sure for sure i always tell myself too like i'll walk into it it's so competitive right now just the the market itself is so competitive there's a lot of people in this fucking world doing this so i mean you can walk up it you kind of have an idea like when you walk into a store, just the people there, whether if you're going to find good shit or whether you're not going to find good shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If you find people that are dressed cool inside there, most likely the racks are going to be dry. What do you mean if they're just cool? What do you mean? No, if they're dressed like oh, the, way that, oh, if they're dressed the type, I would say. Oh, I see. Because you know that they already got to the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. But yeah, it's it's competitive, man. It's it's hard. It's hard to find good shit out there. But as long as you stay persistent with it and you keep grinding and you keep digging for for stuff every day, you'll 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 find a good amount of things. Dude, it's so crazy to think that like, I don't know, I feel like when I was younger, like the idea of the thrift store is always like older people, you know, shopping at thrift stores and stuff and like people looking for antiques and shit but like nowadays it's like you see a lot of young kids at thrift stores yeah bro you do you really do and it's 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 another way too to just like granted it's like the fashion trend right now wearing vintage and whatnot but i mean it's affordable too you know what i'm saying like if you don't if you're a young teenager or just 
a young kid in general just trying to cop like a dope fit, you can probably walk away from the thrift store with like a good quality fit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for seven bucks for a whole for hour. seven, eight, nine, ten bucks, whatever it may be. So yeah. I mean, I would highly recommend anybody to to go to the thrift stores and just and just buy from a thrift store. You know what I'm saying? Try to find yourself a, a cool little fit from there. Yeah, I just I just went here in Colorado. I went to go get a heater. <laughs> what? I went to- hey. Well, that too. Even your 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 everyday appliances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I found and then I found four nice pairs of underwear, very lightly worn, dude. So I got those ones. Oh, lightly worn. I don't know if I would have got those. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Oh, I'm just kidding. I know, no, I know, I know. I resell clothing and. Some of this clothing comes from grimy places, but <laughs> lightly worn underwear, I probably would have came nowhere near those. I'm kidding, y'all. All right. All right. I got nice, clean underwear from the <laughs> Navy. So what where's the furthest? Like, what's the furthest? Like, you go to all the places in OC, or do you ever go to like hell no? Hell no. There's- so where there's a lot of places to go source for inventory at. It's just I have my local spots that I'll go to uh-huh. um, predominantly in like the orange in the orange area, the orange Anaheim area. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, for the most part, bro, like there's a lot of places you can go source at. And that's another thing, too, with with how competitive this market is, is like a lot of people who who go to certain places they they tend to find a lot of good stuff at those places so it'll just become an everyday routine that they'll go to that same spot every day yeah and consist and consistently too like i said if you go to certain spots consistently um you'll find good stuff and then the more you go to those those stores you'll be a lot of the workers there will be able to see you and be like then you'll start to small talk with them hey how's it going and there's i have homies in this in this market bro that have literally like made friends in the thrift stores and so those people who work at the thrift stores whenever they see good shit they just it's just a phone call away to them hey i got some stuff in the back for you type thing oh yeah bro that's how that's how competitive it can get damn this is a little bit of insider trading huh there's a lot of insider trading so you ever fought somebody for a jacket or for a nike sweater or what no I, it's, it's not that deep. At the end of the day, bro, we're just selling clothes. It's yeah. just clothes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In, in my opinion, I mean, if I'm digging for stuff, bro, and I see a bunch of other dudes there that are digging as well, like, for the most part, I'll try to see what they copped, and I'm like, hell yeah, bro, that's sick as fuck. Type Damn, thing. you dog them, huh? You give them the eye? Nah. Nah, bro, <laughs> I can't. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're all, we're all eating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So... But you do have your people out there that can get a little like sour about like if I found something dope and like they didn't. You there's there's people out there that are like that, but I mean, it's a part of the game. You know what I mean? It's about yeah. the hunt. Yeah, my sister, my sister used to be, or I'm not sure if she still is, but she was really into Ray Dunn. It's like a a pottery, like they ha- they have like coffee cups and and cookie jars and all this type of stuff, bowls. Yeah. And I guess it, it was really, really, really popular. Uh, they would sell them at like TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and like people would go before the store opens and they wait outside so they can try to go find this Ray Dunn stuff. Damn. Yeah, and she, she said that there are like housewives who like go out there and like literally like 
argue with other people because they want dibs on the Ray Dunn inventory. I just feel like nowadays too, bro, like that the market for certain things, like people are hungry for it. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're willing to camp out for it. Like yeah, everybody, everybody knows about the sneaker industry, how people camp out for shoe releases at certain stores. And then even just like the, uh, the sports cards market right now, like oh people, people camp out at like your local targets for, for, for the sports cards in that, oh. in that target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bro, nowadays it feels like you can resell anything. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It really is. But it's 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 dope in its way. I just I think I think being able to have that kind of freedom and opportunity to resell anything is dope. If but for those that are like really trying to like wear those certain clothing or wear those certain shoes, like it sucks for them, but for those that are reselling, I mean, I think it's sick as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the way it is. I think um, I think it's always going to be like that. It's just going to continue to evolve. Yeah, bro. And then the next trend will come, and then that certain style of clothing is going to start to be popular, and then everybody's going to want that. You know what so, I'm saying? Yeah. You just never know. You never know with the market. So, do you have uh, any Kobe gear, like any Kobe shirts? Uh, I got a couple. I got a couple Kobe things. I usually try not to anything Kobe related now, especially ever since like his passing. I'll usually throw it on like when I'm at the flea market. I'll throw it on the racks, and like if somebody asks for it, I let them know it's free. Like I won't put a price on it. I just want somebody to ask me, "Hey, how much is this?" And then I break it to them that, "Oh no, that's free." You know what I'm saying? What? Yeah, like I'm not trying to make a bunch of money off of Kobe, especially Kobe, anything Kobe, honestly. So if they ask you, they can have it. Yeah. I mean, okay, okay. Let's backtrack a little bit. For the most part, you get a lot of like, you can find a lot of t shirts out there of like Kobe memorial tees or, um, well, first of all, I typically try to keep Kobe pieces that are in my size. So anything Kobe that's in my size, I'll usually try to keep. But then, like, if you – let's just say I go to the thrift store and I find a Kobe piece for, like, five, six, seven bucks. I'll throw that piece on my racks, and until somebody asks me about it, I'll let them know it's free. But then, like, you, you do have, like, your Laker pieces where they are a little bit of a higher-end price, and I'll buy those pieces, and then I'll try to, like, flip those ones if that makes sense yeah but for the most part like if it's like a kobe memorial tea or just no. like a, a simple kobe tea you know what i'm saying nothing of high value um i i typically not won't try to resell it i'll just give yeah, it away that, yeah that makes sense that makes but i'm thinking like dude like an old kobe championship tea or something like you're not gonna give that away no no no, no definitely not definitely not. i should have clarified a little bit better but but you're right. Like those higher end pieces, I, I won't give away. Um, but like just your simple, yeah, like recent recent t-shirts that I'll find in the wild, I I usually try to give them away for free. So what, like, uh, let's say like a championship t-shirt from like uh, when it was like Kobe and Shaq. Like, what does one of those go for? Um, Kobe and Shaq. Well, I know I sold. It was like a. It was like the cover of a of a newspaper headline. It uh -huh. was like a picture of Kobe and Shaq on the front, 
Ooh, that, I think I remember this. And it was basically just screen printed on the on a white t-shirt from like the early 2000s. And uh, I found that a couple of weeks ago and then I sold that to somebody for a hundred bucks. Wow. And where did you find that? At a thrift store? Uh, just like at a, at a warehouse that I go to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So I found that there and I just sold it to another homie who resells. Um, sold it to him for a hundred bucks. So right yeah. on. Yeah, yeah bro. Dude, that's crazy. It's crazy that there's a, like, I don't know, man. Like it's kind of sad, but I kind of understand it. It's like, when somebody big like Kobe dies, it's like the value of his shit just skyrockets or just anybody in general. But I feel yeah, like so. he was one of those deaths where it was like, dude, you don't even have to watch basketball. It was like when Kobe died, you're like, fuck, man, Kobe died. Yeah, it hit it hit different. Yeah, for sure. It for sure hit different. But that was just like, I mean, me, granted being a little biased because I'm a Laker fan. I've always been a Laker fan. And then growing up to Kobe and things like that, like that just tells you like the people that Kobe impacted when he passed away, bro, that tells you like how many different avenues in life he was tapped into outside yeah. of bas- yeah. outside of basketball. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Sure. Like the dude, man was, was like, just, he was just a walking legend, bro. He was like a walking legend, dude. Other countries, people were fucking, yeah, bro. Lost his death. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wild times. A legend gone too soon, bro. A legend. All right, Drew. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Nah, Go bro. Ahead. You good? I appreciate. I appreciate you having me on. It was. It was fun while we did it. Cool little. It's a cool. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not any expecting anything crazy out of this podcast. It's just fun for me to do because you know, like, dude. We talk on the phone all the time, and all of these could be podcasts. You know what I mean? No, for sure. But this 100%. one we're finally recording, and it's cool. Like anybody who listens to this, who's maybe into vintage clothing, or into, uh, I don't know, buying from thrift stores, or if they're into cold weather, maybe they'll move to Indianapolis or Indi- Indiana or whatever. You know, maybe they'll move to Huntington. You don't know. <laughs> no, for sure. It's just it's just giving our own experience insight to somebody else you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah, talking about sure. it because there's people out there that want to ask questions that they just don't know how to ask yeah so i'm just using what i've learned so far in in, in the vintage industry and just saying my knowledge for it yeah granted it's not, it might not be the best source of advice but it's something you know what i'm saying yeah so, so if anybody wants to see what you got, wants to see what you got for sale, maybe follow along with your vintage business, where can they find you? Oh, on Instagram, bro, on Instagram. And then a website eventually, hopefully in the next coming months. But for the most part, on Instagram, and it's, it's knobs, deals, and steals. So basically, N-A-V, V as in Victor, S, and then deals, the letter N, steals. Deals, knobs, knobs, deals, and steals. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Excellent. There you go, y'all. Knobs, deals, and steals. If you're into vintage clothing, and uh, I appreciate that. We'll do this again sometime. We'll do it soon. Well, whenever uh, I don't know, we have things are always coming up in our lives, and we always discuss what's going on. So, so we'll do another one. Oh yeah, bro. I look forward to it. I always look forward to chopping it up with you. Always, man. All right, man. I appreciate you. All right, bro. I no appreciate problem. you take care of yourself. Yes, sir. I appreciate this conversation and I uh, hope you have a good day. All right, boss. Well, appreciate it. All right. Thanks.